Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Welcome to the show and a good Friday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there, 707, seven minutes after seven o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hope you had a great week. I hope you got a great weekend planned. we got some fun stuff coming up later on in the broadcast. Uh, but if you if you missed last night's show, or even if you heard last night's show, uh, we were talking about graduations. And I mentioned how I'm often asked to give high school graduation speeches. Um, so what I did was I dug up my graduation speech that I give uh, when I'm asked to give uh, high school graduation speeches. I wasn't asked to give one this year, so I wanted to share it with you. Um, so I made a couple of edits because I first gave this like 10 years ago. So some edits were made, but this is generally what I, the speech I give uh, to graduates as they are graduating high school and entering the, uh, the college world. So um, without further ado, the pomp and circumstance, Longoria, let's hear the music. As I address the graduates of high school, the class of 2018. Thank you all for the privilege of being your graduation speaker. First off, I'd like to say congratulations to the class of 2018. All of your hard work's paid off and you will forever remember this day and your time at, insert high school name here. Here's the bad news, folks. You will probably be the first generation of Americans to have a worse economic life than your parents. Think about that for a second you're gonna be worse off economically than your parents. If you do find work out of college, you're gonna be forced to pay into a defunct social security system that you will have no earthly chance to ever enjoy. You will come of age in a world fraught with strife, war, famine, terrorism, and possibly devastating climate change. You'll have your work cut out for you. Now take a second and look around. Take a look around you for a second at your parents, your grandparents, at your teachers and administrators. They're all successful. They've all lived a full and fulfilled life. They had it easier than you will. The hills they climbed were not as great as those facing you. The obstacles in their way when they graduated high school pale in comparison to those awaiting you. Your road will be rockier. Your life will be harder. You will face trials that they never had to. Yet I guarantee that to a person, every man and woman that came here to say you in cap and gown would trade places with you in a second. No doubt, no questions asked. See, you possess something they can never have again. Youth. Youth, the only commodity that's not for sale on the New York Stock Exchange. You own something right now that no one else in the world can buy. Trust me, your parents would trade their homes, their BMWs, their flat screen TVs, and every other worldly possessions to switch places with you right now. You are a blank canvas. Anything is possible for you. My advice to you, do not waste your youth. I sat where you are 25 years ago. Wow, 25 years. Gone in literally the blink of an eye. The last 25 years, I've had my shares of ups and downs. I graduated from college, met some amazing people. I've fallen in and out of love. I got married. I traveled. I bought a house. I adopted three dogs. I donated money to charity. I donated my time to some worthy causes. I've laughed more than I've cried. 
I'm proud of what I've accomplished in the last 25 years, but sadly, like most people, I wasted a lot of my youth. I watched too much TV. I didn't read enough books. I didn't learn foreign languages. I didn't travel enough. I spent too much time on the couch and not enough time exploring. There's an old expression in poker, don't leave any chips on the table. It basically means when you're the best player in the game, it's your responsibility to win all the money. I can stand here today and reflect back on these last 25 years knowing I left too many chips on the table. I would love to be sitting there with you right now. I'd love a chance to do it all again, to laugh, to learn, to love, to live. I'm not here as your parent or your teacher, just a guy who's gone through what you're about to go through. I made these mistakes so you don't have to. Number one, don't take your studies half-heartedly. Good grades are great, but learning's even better. Take classes that challenge you. Take classes that really make you sweat. Dive headfirst into learning. You'll never have a better chance to learn about the world than you will in the next four years. Don't waste your education. That was a mistake I made. I took classes that were easy. I took classes that didn't challenge me. And at the end of my college career, I can honestly say I didn't learn a thing. Oh, I got my degree and got a job, but I wasted the greatest learning opportunity of my life. Number two, if you are not a morning person, do not take early classes. And heck, even if you are a morning person, don't take early classes. I can't stress that enough. When you're away at school, you won't have your parents there to wake you up every morning. Trust me, early morning classes are just bad news. Number three, join groups, join teams, expand your horizons. When I was in college, I was on the debate team and the baseball team. I was able to spend time with two very unique groups of people. Don't box yourself in with one set of friends. Number four, brush your teeth three times a day and make sure you floss daily. Don't laugh at that. I went to school with zero cavities and left with a mouthful. Oral hygiene is very important. No one's gonna wanna kiss a dirty mouth. Don't forget that. Number five, don't fall victim to fashion. Wear whatever you like. Wear what's comfortable. Don't wear clothes just because they're stylish. I think back to some of the things that I wore in college and I just get the shivers. Number six, if you like someone, tell them. Go for it. I can't tell you the number of friends that I have from school that regret not asking out a girl almost 25 years ago. Those things stay with you. Number seven, if you fall in love, give it your all. Love's a rare thing. If you find it, enjoy it, embrace it, nurture it. The relationships you have over the next few years are the ones that will stay in your minds and hearts forever. Number eight, do not start smoking. If you've already started, stop now. If you smoke, it'll be an albatross that you carry around your neck for as long as you light up. Number nine, don't be cruel to anyone. To this day, I can remember the cruel things I said or did when I was your age. These will weigh heavy on your conscience forever. There is no excuse for cruelty. Number 10, keep a journal. I know it sounds corny, but I really wish I'd kept a journal or a diary or something when I was your age. You're about to have some of the best times of your life. Write them down. You are not gonna wanna forget them. And trust me, as you get older, your memories will fade. Number 11, listen to your parents. They aren't always wrong, you know, and believe it or not, they really want the best for you. When I was your age, my parents didn't know anything. After I graduated college, they started to make a little more sense. Now in my 40s, I can't believe how smart they've gotten over the last 20 decades. It's amazing how they've grown. Number 12, when in doubt, trust your gut. 
I'm a firm believer in intuition. If something doesn't feel right or if a situation makes you nervous, get out of there. Number 13, stay flexible and open-minded. When I sat where you were 25 years ago, I knew I wanted to be a sports writer. I had started working part-time at a newspaper in Connecticut when I was in high school. I liked to write, I loved sports. Seemed like a perfect fit. So when I went to college, I didn't really care about any of my classes that didn't have anything to do with sports writing. Big mistake. By the time senior year rolled around after working part-time at various newspapers in the Northeast, I came to the realization that I didn't want to be a sports writer. Long hours, low pay, no social life. I saw what my life would become if I were to pursue a sports writing career. I didn't like what I saw. I decided to leave New York and move to Atlanta and try to get into radio. I was young and naive. Even though I had no experience in radio, I started applying for jobs with radio stations all over Atlanta. One gave me an interview. That was WSB Radio. They offered me a part-time job in promotions. I turned it down. They called me back two weeks later and offered me a job in sales. I turned them down again. Remember, I was young and naive. I wanted to be on the air doing sports. Young and naive. For some reason, WSB called me back and asked me to come in again. I met with the assistant program director and she offered me a part-time traffic reporting job. I told her I wanted to do sports, not traffic. She assured me that once I was on the payroll for a couple of weeks, they would move me into sports. That was 20 years ago, and I'm still doing traffic. I had never done radio, never done TV, never done traffic. I was new to Atlanta, didn't even know the roads, yet here I was doing traffic reports on the highest rated radio station in the Southeast. It was a humbling, eye-open experience. When I started at WSB, I made a whopping $32 a day. Shoot, I made more in college waiting tables at a restaurant. I was forced to get other part-time jobs to make ends meet. I worked at a cigar store, worked at the Marietta Daily Journal. I worked in restaurants. I did what I had to do. After six months of working afternoons at WSB, I was promoted to the morning show. That meant going to work at 4.30 a.m. I'd get off at 10 a.m., go home and nap, and then head to work at the Marietta Daily Journal till midnight. Another quick nap, and then back to WSB. I had zero social life. Part of my job working mornings at WSB was to do traffic reports for WSB-TV, voice only. The main traffic anchor for Channel 2 would record my reports and play them on the air. I was basically his producer. On occasion, he'd be late for work. When he was late, I got to be on TV. Eventually, he was too late, too often for management's liking, and I got his job. That was 17 years ago. I've had an amazing run working with some of the industry's best. Monica Kaufman Pearson, John Pruitt, Glenn Burns, Chuck Dowdle. Clark Howard, Scott Slade, Captain Herb Emery, Skip Carey, Steve Holman, Larry Munson, Don Sutton, Chris Camp, Jovita Moore, the list goes on and on. The keys to my success? Always be on time to work. Always look for ways to do more things to make yourself more valuable. Never call in sick and live close to work. So here you are, cap and gown and all the promise in the world. You're about to embark on the greatest run of your lives. You're adults now. The world is literally at your feet. Time is on your side. Youth is on your side. Attack life. Savor life. Experiment. Make mistakes. Start over. Change your mind and then change it back again. Find your interests. Find your inspiration. Don't waste a minute. Don't leave chips on the table. If I could, I'd trade places with you right now. Congratulations and best of luck to the class of 2018. So there was my graduation speech to uh, the class of 2018. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you missed it, 
or you want to hear it again, it'll be on the WSB radio app, the on-demand feature. Um, you can listen to any Mark Aram show uh, on the on-demand feature or just check out the podcast. They're posted on SoundCloud and on WSBRadio.com. All right. Uh, hopefully the uh, graduates will heed my advice. It served me well. Coming up, uh, we're going to have a comedian, a Lebanese comedian. He's a huge international sensation. He is on the Punchline stage uh, this weekend. His name is Namir uh Nemer? Namir? We'll find out in a second. But he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Uh, otherwise, he wouldn't be on the Mark Aram Show. So we're going to make you laugh in just a little bit. Coming up after news, weather, and traffic. In the meantime, uh, you can hit me up on the social media platforms, which I partake in on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Mark Aram, M-A-R-K-A-R-U-M, or Facebook Mark Aram WSB. Still looking for some jingles. If you have any jingle ideas uh, for the Mark Aram Show, you can submit them to me on those social media platforms. You can just email me if that's easier. It's uh, mark.arum at wsbtv.com, M-A-R-K dot A-R-U-M at wsbtv.com. Or again, Facebook and Twitter at Mark Aram. Uh, Mark Aram WSB on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. It's at Mark Aram. Did you get all that straight? I hope so. Good. If not, we'll recap later on. All right. Hang tight. News, weather and traffic next. This is the Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. The Mark Aram Show, of course, heard Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Uh, joining us in studio, a very, very funny comedian, a big international star, um, and uh, a big fan of the Mark Aram Show, apparently, because he came here twice today. Yes, sir. Uh, Nimmer joins us in studio. He's at the Punchline stage this weekend. Tickets available online at... Punchline.com. Never welcome to the Mark Aram Show. How are you, sir? I am very well. Very happy to be here. Thank you very much for having me. I feel simpatico with you, even though we just met, because uh, growing up, my best friend in high school um, was a Lebanese Christian. Hey. Yeah, Talal Barakat. I don't know if you know him. Talal Barakat. Yeah. That's how <laughs> exactly you would pronounce right. it. Uh, I don't know him, but no. I, I do know Talal's yes, from exactly. the Barakat family, but I, I I don't think I know him in they particular. Were, they were like, the Bearcats are like my second family. So, hey, I'm glad um, to hear that. Anytime we'd go out, not that I would drink in high school or in college, mm. but at the end of the night when you're hungry, his mom would come down at two in the morning and make us a spread like you would no believe. Other. I was going to ask you how was the food because so that's good. that's what it is when so you when good. a Lebanese family takes you in you you eat like you've never eaten before. In hindsight, though, looking back on my friendship with Talal, we mm-hmm. called Ted and, and his family, <laughs> um, they didn't teach me enough suitable words for for broadcast. Like I only know bad <laughs> words, <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you uh, I'm going to tell you that's a funny story. So. Uh, Longoria, get to bleep, get ready to bleep this because this is uh, just in case there are Lebanese listeners. Uh, yeah. So we had an international tour group come down here. Okay. And they came at like ten in the morning when I'm exa- dead tired. Mm-hmm. It's the end of my day, and I'm going around. There's like twenty kids. They're college kids. They're exchange students. They're here, and I go to the you know, I, oh, where are you from? Uh, Berlin, Germany, Switzerland, Lebanon, mm. and I'm like Lebanon. I know Lebanese, and I go get ready to bleep this, Longoria. I go. You just cussed out his mom and called her a whore. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 girls, the Lebanese girls squealed. They're like ah, and the the tour guy looks at me. He's like, "What did you just say to them?" And I'm like, "I don't know." It's, <laughs> that is the funniest. Yeah, it, that Lebanese people do that way too much. Yeah, way too. We that had was a, the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, "Boom." Yeah. If Not this good. was uncensored, I have a few stories to tell you. But I'm, I'm just gonna say that it's uh, 
I, 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 I'm, I'm proud of you, Talal. Yeah. <laughs> Talal, Talal, <laughs> well. Talal, you did good. Um, I, I, I hope you don't mind. Tomorrow morning's the royal wedding, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a big story here in, in the United States for, yes, in, in certain circles. And, I, I mean, listen, who's not a fan of Meghan Markle? Right, I mean, mm-hmm. who right? isn't? Right, mm-hmm. um, but I, and I don't care about really the wedding so much. It's fine. It's great. I like that. Whatever. But I can't stop but help feel awful for her ex husband. Like, is that not the worst rebound story ever? Oh yeah, we we got divorced. Oh yeah, now she's the actually no a princess. I, I, yeah, no, no, I see I it differently. Like, imagine you lose a girl and then you find out she she left you and she ended up marrying like a star NFL athlete, you'd be like, hey, you know, at least she didn't go. Because I think it hurts more when you lose a woman and then you're like, she's going out with that guy? Like, no, that, that brings wanted, you down. I, I actually think it makes him probably makes him look good. Well, he's now somewhere in the line of secession. But yeah. he will never match that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, his yeah, next he wife. He doesn't need to. My ex-wife look, is, how, the, is oh, the, no, the royal family. No. You have a conversation with a woman. She says, tell me about your exes. And you go, well, one of my exes is a princess. And the other ex, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It makes yeah. you look good. I don't and, know. And, yeah, and then you can say, and then she'll, you know what the conversation is? He's got a great conversation starter for Tinder. So he can go on <laughs> Tinder, put his picture, and just put Megan Markle's ex. Women are going to date him left, right, and center right. just to get the inside scoop. I, and then uh, he's going to be like, I dumped her because, honestly, I mean, he can have her. She's just not that interesting. I'm worried for and this And then guy. Women, women will be like, who's the man that I found the, Megan Markle not interesting, right. but the royal family did? Who yeah. is this amazing man? No, I think he's I good. I get your perspective. I but I just good. think, like, the wedding starts tomorrow, like, 5 a.m. Eastern time mm-hmm. here. And it, and I could just imagine that guy with, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels sitting on his couch in his boxer shorts Taking swigs, going. You are never gonna be the king of England if you're that guy, right? He, like you're, he's never gonna yeah, be. No. Right. That's what I mean. So let I don't it go. Know. Did let you go. like in high school? You know, you and your girlfriend break up, and then she goes out with the star captain of the football team. Aren't you like, ugh? Don't you get mad? Well, that's because you're in high school. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm pressing. You know what I'm saying is that never. you can frame it differently when you're not when you're out of that society. When you're an adult, you can say, "I dumped her." I dumped the woman that ended up getting. So I, I dumped her. I got. Story, she though. wasn't good enough. For I don't me. think. I think she dumped it's, him. Yeah, but you can brand it because they were like. Again, I know too much about this. This original couple. Turns out my ex-wife was cheating on me with Prince Harry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Come no, on. Right. This like, is so a brand new thing. I mean, this is easy. She was kind of like a low-level actress, and he was like a low-level director. And then she gets a show, uh, Suits. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I never saw yeah. it. But it blew. She blew up. Yeah. And then she got too big for him, and that's why they divorced. That's the story, anyway. I just feel bad for this guy. That's all I'm saying. So the original Mr. Markle, I'm sorry if you're out there listening. I feel bad. I feel bad for you. Remember I mean, the Jamie, problem is you're calling him the original Mr. The Markle. Original Mr. Markle. <laughs> she was. Yeah. That should be his Twitter handle. Go, go, go! Reserve that right now. I just feel bad for At the guy. OriginalMrMarkle.com. Yeah. The original Mr. Markle. But I like your perspective. Like, yeah, you can spin great... this. Come on, this is the so age now, of spin. Because spin that's it. the thing I found. Not with me personally, because I would never do such a thing. But women and men, to a certain extent like a good hookup story. So any girl that hooks up with the original Mr. Markle can now, you know, will yeah. say, oh, I hooked up with How Markle's do you think she's going to introduce, if it gets serious, how do you think she's going to introduce him to her family? This is the guy that divorced Meghan Markle. I'm better than Meghan I'm Markle. better than Meghan Markle. Right, I'm better right. than the princess. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm better than the princess. You're swaying me now. Yeah, yeah, you're swaying. Swaying. I mean, it, <laughs> if I was him, I'd be live tweeting the entire thing <laughs> and be like, oh, my wedding was much more extravagant. That's her, what I'd say. I spent more money on her. How about her dad, though, like selling out to the paparazzi like that and then and then saying he's he's got a heart condition, he can't travel to the wedding when he knew full well they were like, dude, you are not coming to the wedding. 
So I, I'm a uh, father of daughters. Father of daughters. Yes. So it's a hard <laughs> one to pry me out of the idea of not getting to be there when my kids get right? married. So uh, I feel bad for the guy. But so you feel worse for the father than the original Mr. Markle. Oh, oh as yeah. between the two. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, her father isn't on Tinder. Uh, saying uh, <laughs> he's hey, worse, I'm he's Megan on TMZ. I'm Meghan Markle's guys dad. everywhere. That's I don't know. Fantastic. I just think it's a lot of pre- he's not. You know, dude. Somebody they should have sent a team over to him. Yeah, ages ago. You're to right. Sit and yeah. prep him for that was the biggest mistake here. I mean, MI he's in the six. middle of Mexico. Get him ready. Send a team. You're the royal family. <laughs> exactly. Send a team of people, fitness coaches, everything. Get him there. Yeah. Get him to feel confident. This is a big deal. Like it, it, he's under so much scrutiny. I actually do feel sympathetic with him. Serena Williams. Her father never walked her down the aisle. He texted her an hour before the wedding happened to tell her he's too nervous to do it. What? And she ended up walking herself down the aisle by herself. What, what was the backstory on that? That's The weird. backstory is he got really nervous. What Nervous about what? Walking 40 feet? It, I mean, with the, it's Serena Williams Some yeah. pe- and the cameras and all of that. And I don't know the details about it, but I'm saying is that if that was that wedding, imagine this wedding. I mean, and the guy's clearly, her family's terrible. Well, so her first half, of all. Her half-sister's right. a complete tool. Like, so it, the, be- the bigger perspective is yeah. it doesn't matter what family you're marrying into you never marry out of your yeah, family exactly That's a right? great family is family saying. yeah family is family um unfortunately Nimmer's in in studio world famous comedian travels the world uh he'll be at the punchline stage tonight tomorrow mm-hmm. tonight tomorrow tonight tomorrow. we did a show yesterday so you T- guys missed out tickets on- <laughs> they're listening to my show tickets <laughs> online at punchline.com um do you think all right? So when it's Harry, right? Harry or William? Harry. Harry's the redhead. Do you think Harry got flack from the family, like saying you're marrying into this crazy family? Yeah, for sure. It, she's. I don't too. think it's an original story for mm-hmm. a family that goes back so far. Yeah, there's probably every seven or eight generations some random mm-hmm. <laughs> weirdness going. He's weirdness. not. He's not the important brother. That's, I think that's exactly. I think point. that's why he right. got. I don't think his brother would have had. The ability to do no, what he, he had to get a so. Kate Middleton. If you had the choice, yeah. would you rather be the heir or the spare? Spare, right? Yeah. Spare lifestyle Left all day pressure, long. Less pressure, less, much more fun. Absolutely, hands down. Yeah, and yeah. he's always had more fun. Exactly right. He's always been the cooler brother. Have you, uh, Nimber? Have like, you ever? He like, still little, has his hair. Like all little brothers <laughs> everywhere. He still has his hair. I mean, the proof <laughs> is in the pressure, pudding. Exactly yeah, less right. pressure. Ha, Nimber, have you ever performed in uh, Great Britain at all? Yeah, I have. What's the audience there like for a stand-up? Um, there. So the. British humor is very pro- proper. Correct. Yeah. Their 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 uh, reactions are also proper. So to get them to loosen up is uh is the only challenge. But you can do it in the first two three minutes if you come out aggressive. Yeah. So comedy there, all you got to do is really be yourself and be very real, and they respond to that very very well. But if you go up and you try to do like you know bar humor or something, it's yeah. just not. You don't. You wouldn't adjust your set though, right? If the, no. the, you'll do the same stuff. I'm a very real and aggressive yeah. comic and what I talk about and where I go with things so I think a lot of people find it refreshing no matter where you're from that's a common theme I found with comedians Jamie you could probably speak to this better that <clears throat> a mistake some comedians make early on is adjusting their uh, material to what they expect the crowd will want or be right you should Absolutely. you should get up there and and be you be be a the, full nimmer the hope is it a lot of people are like oh i should be like this to be famous yeah. but the the actuality is i should be like me and hope that it catches on so i become famous that's that you can't tailor yourself stand up is the most honest 
industry and profession there is. It's yeah. you, a light, and a mic, and that's it. There's that's nothing it. you can hide behind. There's nothing you can prepare. Your soul has to be out there. People are going in for your perspective, not the perspective that they already have. Do you perform in the Middle East ever? All the time. That's where I, I did that for 15 years. So I created the stand-up comedy industry in the Middle East starting wow. from 1999. Then in 2014, I came out here. Okay. So I was doing shows for 10, 15,000 people there. I came out here and um, nobody knew people. nobody knew who the hell yeah. I was, which was why I came out here. Yeah. Because I figured, okay, uh, nothing better for a comic to sharpen his tool set than to be able to have the privilege of starting over again with this much skill. So it only made me better as a comic. Toughest room in the Middle East to play. Give me. I don't need a name of the. I don't need the. No, I could. I know they're. They're none of them are tough. Beirut. Um, they're all great. From whether Tehran. it's Beirut or Saudi Arabia, I never went to Iran. Okay. Iran is technically not in the Middle East, so I can still oh, okay. claim that I've done every country <laughs> in the Middle East. Technically, but yeah, yeah they are. Um, but uh, whether it's Saudi Arabia and we were doing shows illegally, or it's Beirut and we were doing shows legally, but ISIS was trying to get in, it's never been a difficult room. It's yeah. always been the opposite. Interesting. Um, if you're funny, you're never gonna have. A difficult room if you're if you're there with a purpose sure if you're just there to just waste time there will be difficult rooms because some people be like man i could have probably spent my time better elsewhere yeah but if you're there because you want to you're a purpose-driven comic and you've got a message out there but you've also got the funny to back it up you'll never have a difficult room. uh we got it we got to step away can you hang out one more second of course when we come back we're going to find out why nimmer uh told president trump to pull out of the iran nuclear deal um, that'll be coming up next. I on, did? On, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my attempt at, at humor. Right. Um, I, you know, we're kind of a, a political station, so I wanted to like yeah, tease yeah, ahead to going. possibly no. Got to keep them. There you go. Go ahead. See Nimmer this weekend. Tickets available online. Punchline.com. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Uh, another segment of the Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show. Welcome back. Friday edition of the Mark Aram Show on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Nimmer's in studio. Uh, just an amazingly funny guy. Good guy. Genuine guy. Hey, thanks. Um, you are in the top. 15 of my favorite Lebanese people of all time. Wow. I'm trying to think how many Bearcats and Balachis I know. I had for, a very... for people who don't know about Lebanese families, 15 is a very small number. Yeah. yeah. That's a big <laughs> well, honor. Some of them That's a like, big honor. But it's weird. I grew up in, in Connecticut in a, in a town that was 50% Italian, 15% Lebanese, yeah. 15% Korean, and like, Which town was this? Uh, Torrington, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's Lebanese out it, there. I was gr- yeah. you, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, please. All right, I'm eating your time up. Oh, okay. So I grew up with all these Lebanese families, great families, like just amazingly warm, generous people. And every one of them, the dad worked, the mom stayed at home mm-hmm. throughout my high school career. 9-11 happens. And apparently the CIA sent recruit agents to my town in Connecticut and hired every one of my friend's Lebanese moms to be translators. So these women went from making uh, khubzi to earning six figures as translators for the CIA. It was an amazing thing. That is awesome. Yeah, it's great. It was great for them. It's awesome that it happened yeah. with, with the CIA. Yeah. All, yeah. That the CIA empowered Or maybe it was FBI. Empowered the women. It was one of them. One of Somebody. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody empowered their letters. But can there you imagine being working. a 60-year-old uh, you know, housewife and all of a sudden you know, you're making – one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I year. bet you, I bet you a million dollars that they didn't stop making the hubsy either. Oh no, they no, stopped. They, they kept. Life, they kept their house in it's order. On in the background. Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lifestyle. Like, I, I will go translate, <laughs> and then we come back. We eat. Your lifestyle didn't change. No, it doesn't it was, change. No, it was so like great for them to get just like the influx of cash. All right. Uh, we love you. We want to follow you online and all that stuff. Where can we hit you up? Uh, so you can. Uh, my name's Nimmer. It's spelled N E M R. And uh, you can go on any platform: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all that. It's all Nimmer Comedy. 
And if you want, the best place to go is my website, nimmercomedy.com. Fantastic. And you can find out everything there and uh, have a good time. Follow me on Instagram if you want to laugh. I post a lot of stuff there. All oh, the good. I will, I will do that right now. And yeah. we're going to, uh, I posted a picture of us already. Oh, nice. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, on tw- it's on Instagram now. You can find it there um, at Mark Aram. Jamie Bendel, tell us the Punchline website one more time. Punchline.com. Fantastic comedy venue right here. In the dirty, dirty. Oh, the best. Uh, Nimber, great to meet you, brother. Thank you so much for having me, my, my friend. My pleasure. All right, we'll come right back. News, weather, and traffic next. This is The Mark Aram Show. Thanks for listening to The Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.